Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. So really organizing the way that you scrapbook. So it might take some time to do some tweaks, but I just tried to think of how am I looking for supplies when I'm scrapbooking? What do I tend to do with my projects in terms of mixing and matching and things like that? And then organize my supplies accordingly. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 78. In this episode, I'm interviewing Shannon Dubkowski for the My Way series. My Way is all about celebrating the unique ways memory keepers get things done. Shannon has a fresh, colorful style with plenty of clean lines. We're so excited to have her as the August featured artist at Simple Scrapper. Welcome to the podcast, Shannon. So excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. I'm really excited to be here. All right, let's jump right in and have you share just a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I like to describe myself as a New England native turned Southerner. I am currently living in a small town in coastal Georgia, uh, just south of Savannah with my husband, my three daughters, and my dog. I'm a nonprofit consultant by day and a crafter and reader by night. Oh, good job. I love that. (laughs) You sound so well-rounded and balanced. (laughs) (laughs) I try. (laughs) So what's one thing that's exciting you right now in memory keeping? This can be anything at all, a product, an app, a class, a person, something you read. So I I don't know if they're new, but I recently ordered the stamp set is called 29 Prompts and it's from Everyday Explorers. I just got that one too. (laughs) I love it. And I can see it being used in travel notebooks. It can be used in pocket pages. You can put it on a label on top of a card, Um, but it has such great prompts like today's top three things or can't stop watching on my playlist, um, made this thing. So there's just so many great prompts to start your journaling. And I've already used it on quite a few projects. I love it when I see a product like that, that I can see so many possibilities for and, and, and knowing that I have something to rely on to jumpstart a new kind of project. I haven't done a ton of traveler's notebook scrapbooking, but I'm like, now that I have this stamp set, I feel more confident in maybe going that direction and that I could, you know, maybe even keep up with it day to day or a couple times a week. So I'm excited about that Absolutely. one too. <laughs> and it's something that can be, I feel like it can be used all year round. It yes. can be used on a variety of projects. And so, especially when I'm spending money on stamp sets, I really, I love stamps. 
but I try to look for that longevity um, and the multiple uses. Well, and, and literally to use it again and again, because you know, what you're, what you're into at the moment is always going to change. So you can, you could even do, you know, have a trend one. So every Friday you do, you use one of those stamps and you repeat, you know? I, absolutely. All right. So one of the other things we always ask our guests is what is one story on your memory keeping bucket list? So these are tend to be like bigger, deeper stories, maybe more nuanced. Sometimes they're even hard stories. We have a free download at simplescrapper.com slash download where you can get a printable bucket list worksheet. But I'd love to hear what is one story on your bucket list, Shannon? So I recently made a spread about stirring ice cream and um, related it back to when I was a lot younger, probably about four or five years old, and how I was stirring my ice cream at my grandparents' house. And my dad scolded me for it. said, don't play with your food. And my grandmother, his mom, scolded him (laughs) for scolding me uh, and told him that he used to do it and he needs to leave me alone and let me stir my ice cream. And I still, to this day, at 35 years old, stir my ice cream when I eat it. Is there any so other I, way to eat it? I mean, I don't think so. And when I posted that on Instagram, that was a lot of the feedback I got too. Everyone said, I'm an ice cream stirrer too. Um, and so the same grandparents uh, had a finished basement with cabinets down there, and they would always keep soda in the cabinets. And whenever we would go to the house, they would tell us, you can go down to the basement and get a soda. And I would always get a cream soda. Mm. And so just thinking about those memories, I haven't documented a lot of memories from my childhood. Um, and that's one of the ones uh, when I thought of that ice cream story, it just sparked all these other memories of things that I used to do with my grandparents on both sides and just smaller stories. Um, but with a deeper meaning that I think would be really fun for my kids to look back on and things that are coming back to my mind. Um, so I really would like to document, you know, going to grandma and grandpa's house and getting the cream soda all the time and just the memories that it brings back when I very rarely drink a cream soda. For sure. And I love having these conversations, whether it's here or in the Simple Scrapper community, that the more we talk about the stories that we want to tell, the more we're prompted of our own stories. So I have a grandparent soda story too. My grandma loved Pepsi, but my dad worked for Coca-Cola his entire career. <laughs> so it was always this like, you know, it was a joking type of friction, but we'd go to their house, she'd offer me a Pepsi and my dad would say I wasn't allowed to drink it. So... <laughs> All right, let's jump in. You, This is a My Way episode. Uh, you're our featured artist for August, and I love being able to dig beneath the surface and, and figure out how your process works, what motivates you, how you stay creative and organized. So maybe let's kick it off by talking about how you started scrapbooking. So my very first scrapbook was my senior year of high school, and it was I was in advanced placement psychology, And we had to do a scrapbook about ourselves as our final project. And I got really into it. I loved looking through all the pictures that my mom had and putting it together, going to Michael's and getting the supplies. And then a few short years later, right after I graduated college, I got married. My husband and I got married. And my first scrapbook then was our wedding scrapbook. And shortly after that, our first daughter came along and then I moved into her scrapbook and I've been doing it ever since. 
Well, except for a big break that I took, but I'll talk about that later. I'm oh, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but it, I mean, I, I've always loved being creative. I've always loved stickers and things like that. So scrapbooking just seemed like a natural hobby for me to fall into. And I hear this again and again, that we all had these like dabblings earlier. We were seeing others who were or maybe more grown than us doing it. And we're like, ah, I want to do that. Like, I want to be the same type of person who does that. Yes. So in that time, how has your hobby changed? Are you still scrapbooking exactly the way you did when you were in high school? No. <laughs> so when I started my wedding album, it was a 12 by 12 postbound album, um, and then I did 12 by 12 albums for my first and second daughter. Um, when they arrived, I was doing strictly 12 by 12 full size layouts. And then in late 2010, I transitioned to completely digital because I had two very small kids and paper scrapbooking just wasn't working. Um, I couldn't, it was taking too much of my time. I had didn't have enough room. We were living in military housing and it's a, you have to save a lot of space when you're living in military housing. So I went completely digital for a couple of years and then I transitioned back into paper, but I went pocket pages. And so it's been, I've done a little bit of everything and my style now is a whole mix of everything that I've dabbled in in the past. I think, yeah, I definitely see that in myself as well, because as you know, I started as a digital scrapbooker and you were on one of our very first creative teams, but you were, you were exclusively digital at the time. I remember you had a very distinctive style. You were the one that always take the template and shrink it down on the page to create more white (laughs) space. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I still, I mean, my, in my style overall, I still love white space, love white space and, and doing that. And even when I look back at my digital pages now, I could still get inspired because it still speaks to me and my style. Well, and I love looking back at my old layouts, even if the ones were like, I don't particularly like the products I used or, or maybe I would have done it differently. I still see myself in it and the choices that I made. So are there any words that you'd use to describe your style in terms of like colors and patterns? We know the white space part. And then do you have advice for others who are trying to, to find their style? So my style, I feel like it's all over the place, but I hear from a lot of people that when they see my projects, I share a lot on Instagram, that they instantly know it's mine. So I must have some sort of style. Um, I do like to keep things pretty clean and linear. I like a lot of white space and I love tons and tons and tons of layers. Um, Sometimes I get a little bit messy. Sometimes I keep it more clean, but for the most part, it's it's pretty much white space and I like things to be lined up and straight um, and layered and advice for other people. My biggest thing would be not to be afraid to try and also not to be afraid to leave projects and techniques that aren't sparking joy anymore. Um, I started this year, I said, Oh, I'm going to get into memory planning. And I did it for about three months and it just wasn't speaking to me anymore. And I just left it. (laughs) And as I'm an Enneagram one and I'm a type A personality, so that's not in line with my personality at all, but I just couldn't continue on if it wasn't sparking joy. And I know for a lot of people, they decide at the end of one year, what style they're going to go with the following year. And then they feel married to that style. And even if it's not bringing them joy and they feel like it's a chore, 
then they're, but they're still doing it. And I just feel like this is a hobby and it's supposed to be something we enjoy doing. And why waste your time doing something that's not bringing you the joy that it should? Oh, very well said. I mean, I've had so many false starts over the years where I I had this plan for the year. There was the one year I was going to do all eight and a half by 11, but focus on pocket pages. And then I was just so frustrated that all the three by four and four by six cards I would have to trim down or or find the weird page protectors and then create these little like weird size cards. And it was just, it didn't, I, it was too fussy for me. I'm ultimately a very lazy scrapbooker, but I mean, I think we all have had false starts and, and what you said about not feeling married to it and allowing yourself the course correction or allowing yourself just to stop and say, that was a fun experiment. And then move on. It's so important so that you don't just have this this pile that keeps, you know, hanging on. And then you're like, oh, well, I I just I let go because it it wasn't working. But you could do something else. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I feel like if you don't love what you're doing, are you really putting forth your best effort? Um, Is the end product something that you'll be happy with and things like that? I just feel like if you don't, if you're not enjoying it, Take the lessons that you learned, take the pages that you have completed, put them aside and move forward with something that that does ignite that passion within you again. A hundred percent. Yep. Yep. Going back to your style very briefly, you were talking about you love lots and lots of layers. We will include the link to your Instagram in the show notes. And of course, you can see more of Shannon in this month's issue of Spark Magazine. But you were very like it's you said very linear very controlled lots of white space so when you think of lots of layers it's still very like a tight little neat package <laughs> yes <laughs> it is it's definitely a, a tight little neat package and and I'm very I controlled is a good way to put it I guess that's mm-hmm. my type a personality coming through um it, it is I even though I like the layers I like um a little bit of paint spray f- from time to time I like a controlled environment um with my scrapbooking and the pages that I create I'm curious how your experience as a this is kind of out of left field a military family and all of the the control slash and go with the flow that you've had to have with that has that influenced maybe how your personality and how you approach life going forward it you know it probably does uh, there's my, so my husband's a former Marine and there's a saying amongst Marine Corps spouses, um, Semper Gumby, which means always flexible. Mm-hmm. And we have moved all over the place. And my husband is still, um, connected to the military as a contractor and still deploys once a year. So we are still, I'm still needing to be very flexible and we are still needing to be flexible as a family, even though we actually have roots now. Um, but I really think I, I need to find control where I could have gotten it because I, I didn't have control over when he would deploy or when we would have to pack up and move or when he would have to work, you know, on a weekend and cancel our plans and things like that. So I had to find control where I could find it. Um, but I'm also the oldest of three siblings and I think that, plays into my need for control. <laughs> you learned that growing up as well. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I had never thought of it that way before, but when you say it, I, I bet that has to have had something to do with feeding into my, my need for controlling what I can. 
Oh, for sure. Well, and especially as, you know, the world changes around us and your kids get older and you just, you know, you become mama bear, want to make sure they're, they're settled and you have everything you can do. And yeah, I'm sure there's something there, even if you hadn't thought about it before. <laughs> so I'm curious I'm how... to dive deeper into that. <laughs> Maybe that's another bucket list story to yeah. think about. <laughs> I'm curious how you stay motivated to create and have you been consistently motivated throughout your scrapbooking journey or does it ebb and flow? So I'll start off by saying that back in September of 2015, we moved, my husband had gotten out of the military a couple of months prior and we moved from Tampa, Florida up to Philadelphia and at that point, I stopped scrapbooking completely. A hundred percent. I had did not touch a single scrapbooking thing in the year that we lived up in Philadelphia. And so when we were packing up to move to Georgia, where we're living now, I either sold or threw away 95% of my supplies. And I had a pretty big stash and I got rid of all of it. Um, I had zero motivation to scrapbook. There was a lot going on in our lives and scrapbooking was just the farthest thing from my mind. And I had scrapbooked for, you know, eight years prior to that. Um, and so that was definitely an ebb and flow. And we moved to Georgia, we were getting settled in and it was last summer back in 2019 when I was on Instagram and saw some pages and I said, wow, I'd like to scrapbook again. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been scrapbooking again ever since and building up my stash. And thankfully I did not throw away any of my stamps. I had the foresight not to do that. Um, and it, I've been really motivated since then. And I've found to keep myself motivated, I need to keep a list of projects that I want to do, um, layouts that I want to do. I still do project lifestyle scrapbooking and I plan out those project life spreads in a notebook. So I know, you know, what photos I need to print and everything like that. So having a plan helps keep me motivated, especially when I'm working at home and I have the kids at home. Um, sometimes my husband's here, sometimes he's not. And so when I get the time to be creative, I don't want to spend half of it wondering, what am I going to do now? Mm -hmm. A plan <laughs> helps for sure. Yeah. Man, it helps for sure. And what I've found in the last couple of weeks that I've done, um, my work schedule has gotten really busy. And so I haven't had a lot of time during the week to scrapbook. And then when I come back to it five days later, I feel kind of rusty, which I know probably sounds weird, but <laughs> I just feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so what I've been doing is on Sunday evening, I will look at my project life plan because I find pocket pages easier to work on in, in small pockets of time. And I'll look at my project life plan and I'll print out photos for two of those spreads. And so I have this, the photos already printed and the page already planned out. And so I can take 10 to 15 minutes a day to pull some cards that might match or do a little stamping or write my journaling. Um, and so just having those photos printed, ready to go with a plan of where they're going to go has helped me stay motivated. And the more I create, the more motivation I have to keep creating. I, I love how you've used everything that you've learned over the years, including your 
your hiatus to inform like these little tricks that you're using to make sure that even when life gets busy, you can stay engaged and productive and moving forward, even if it's in these, you know, little, little or bits of time. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, when we go through things like that, we have to reflect back and look at, well, what can I learn? What happened? What can I move, you know, do going forward? What can I leave behind? Um, because that's how we grow. Uh huh. For sure. Yes. And yeah, that, that self-reflection and that pause to really examine your behavior, good or bad, what you learned, like what, what you felt in the, from that time, um, all influences how you can make decisions going forward. So I have, I have two questions of curiosity from that hiatus period of what it was like three or four years, right? It was four. Yeah, it was four years. So did you delete all your digital supplies too? Or had you already deleted them? No. So when I went back to paper scrapbooking, I kind of dabbled a little bit in hybrid at that point, Mm -hmm. um, but not a whole lot. So I moved all of my digital supplies onto an external hard drive and I still have all of my digital supplies from my two and a half years that I was digital scrapbooking. I'm fascinated <laughs> only because because I know there's a lot of digital scrapbookers out there listening who, you know, have every kit they've ever downloaded because when I transitioned to paper, I deleted all, but maybe like the favorite, most recent kits that I could possibly see myself using. But then I deleted, you know, thousands of other files because I'm like, you know, I'm never going to go back to that. So. Right. I just I always, I, I'm always curious what people do who are kind of moving back and forth between the worlds. And they, they do live on the external hard drive. Yeah. I've probably used a couple, a couple here and there. Um, I, don't know, I guess I'm a hoarder. I <laughs> no. I'm, di- I'm a digital hoarder. Um, but no, I mean, I f- figured they're on a hard drive. They're not taking up a whole lot of room. Um, and I do a lot of hybrid now, so I have even more digital supplies now. Um, but I, it didn't even occur to me to delete them because I wasn't actively digitally scrapbooking at the time sure they weren't taking up any visual space for you right like I'm sure exactly. you said you had quite a large stash uh back in 2015 when you were getting ready to move so yes and then I'm also curious during that time like were you still taking lots of photos in the same way that you did before were you posting on social media was there anything that maybe you did during that time that kind of satisfied just enough of the documenter in you to, to keep you going or was it almost like a, I can't do this at all? I think it was almost like an, I can't do this at all. Um, mm-hmm. when we moved up to Philadelphia, I had an hour commute each way to work. Um, so I was out of the house for a good, probably about 12, almost 12 hours a day. Um, and it wasn't, so I didn't get a lot of pictures because I was working in an office building. Uh, once I left that job for six months before we moved again, um, I was taking more pictures. Um, I've always been sharing on social media. And then I kind of switched paths a little bit and I became certified as a personal trainer and a health coach. So my social media kind of took that turn for a little bit. Um, and then I stopped posting on Instagram altogether and only posted in stories. So it's kind of been all over the place. I definitely don't have as many pictures from that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of them are scrapbooked at all. Um, so 
I think I just wasn't kind of looking at life and taking pictures and documenting big and small things as I do now as a practicing memory keeper. Um, I still have enough photos where, you know, I, we can look back and it doesn't look like those are completely the dark years. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they're definitely the lost years in my scrapbooking. I'm curious because you mentioned, you know, your, your certification, how your personal wellness journey has tracked along with your scrapbooking. And if you think that the things you do to take care of yourself influence the, the energy and the motivation you have to, to scrapbook. It, it definitely helps with my energy. Um, I'm a pretty optimistic person to begin with, pretty energetic. Um, but doing those, the different trainings and getting those different certifications has helped me be a little more in tune with my body Mm -hmm. and with how I'm feeling and knowing when I kind of need to make some adjustments, um, in terms of my activity or my nutrition or even my mindset. Um, this week in particular has been a really rough week for me and I've been trying to just recognize that I need to slow down and take some time. Um, and that all comes with, focusing on yourself a little bit more and paying attention to yourself and your needs and, and what your body and your mind need at any given moment. When I think so much, you know, we've been talking about the bucket list stories and and the way we can connect our experiences with the decisions we make for the future, that, that, you know, scrapping itself is not only just a gratitude practice, it's that self-reflection practice and it, it helps you become more, in tune with yourself because you're telling the stories of what's going on and how you're feeling and how you experienced this particular time in your life. Absolutely. So it's very like circular and like it feedback, it feeds back, it it feeds back on itself. (laughs) It does. And, and I think that when I show up more in my scrapbooking, it helps me, like you said, it, it helps me reflect on where I am right now, what I'm feeling and all of that. And it's, it's helpful. It's great to get to know yourself a little bit better. Yeah. So August is Simplifying Projects Month where I, um, when this episode goes up, I'm in the middle of teaching a live session of the finishing project, one of my favorite classes to teach. Um, what is your favorite way to make a project easier or more fun? Um, so I recently just completed the positivity passport Mm -hmm. and that was also by everyday explorers. And it was this great little, um, it wasn't even traveler's notebook size. It was much smaller than that. The photos I printed out were, I believe two by three. Um, and it gave you space. You could add just a photo. You could add just journaling. You could add a photo and journaling. Um, and the whole, the challenge took place for the month of July and, I found that to get it done every day, I had notes written down, just a couple quick thoughts for the days where I couldn't put my memory in the um, project that day, where I couldn't have my photos in it that day. And I also pulled aside some things that might work in it. So I had um, some stamps pulled out and set aside and just had my work area ready, maybe some tags I could use in it. Um, I had to use flat embellishments because... It was a bound journal, Um, but having that pulled aside and ready to go, kind of like with the December daily. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's how I would approach December daily. (laughs) Yes. And, And just by having, especially if you have a really large stash, by pulling those things out and having them set 
aside for this particular project. It takes some of the thought process out of it and it takes some of the overwhelm out of it because you're only choosing from that, you know, container or bucket or whatever you have with your project pieces in it. I love that. Great tips. I think because we all need that support. I'm losing my train of thought here. (laughs) I think we all can learn from, you know, seeing what people are doing for December Daily. And there's so many amazing photos for those who are participating in the Positivity Passport and just seeing how they set themselves up to, to do this project that has a lot of repetition in it. So then it becomes this little habit that then you have your whole little space set up and you can just jump back into it and keep doing the same thing again and again, but with a new story and, you know, new, maybe artistic touch to it. Absolutely. And then that also goes back to what we were talking about with getting to know yourself, taking the time to do a project like that, where it's kind of like a gratitude journal, um, really helps you get into, I mean, it, it lifted my spirits for the month of July. <laughs> Um, it really helps you kind of get in touch with what you're feeling and what you're going through at any given moment. And on the bad days reminds you to still look for those little nuggets of goodness throughout the day. Well, and yeah, because we're still in the midst of this pandemic right now, I think it was a very well-timed project for sure to kind of help uh, lift the spirits of all, whether you participated or just were observing the the amazing pages that people created, I think it did uh, was a little nudge in the, the right direction for our community. It sure was. So what are some of the things, we, we talked a little bit at the beginning about what's exciting you, but what are some of the things you're really loving in scrapbooking right now in particular? Like let's start with formats or sizes. You've talked a lot about pocket pages. Are you doing mostly pocket pages? Mostly pocket pages. Um, and I do... So my album is a 12 by 12 size, but my pocket pages are a mix of 12 by 12, 9 by 12, and 6 by 12. Um, so I have a good variety in there. Um, but I'm also doing some 12 by 12 full-size layouts, mm-hmm. which I hadn't done up until a couple months ago. I had not done a paper 12 by 12 layout in like 10 years. <laughs> um, but I still love the size. I still, my style is still very much the same. Yeah. Uh, I don't do a whole lot of them, but I do enjoy them. And I'm also doing, I'm going to call it traveler's notebook size, but I don't do traditional traveler's notebooks because I have busted the seam on one of them because I like to layer and make things thick. So I'm using a life crafted album from Citrus Twist. Sure. And I think that's a great kind of hybrid approach to have that skinny, smaller size while still putting it in a in a, an unbound ring album so that you can have some control. And uh, yeah, I love it. And they have a variety of pockets, which mm-hmm. I use. So you can do, you know, the full size. You can do um, two, three by four cards. They have one that's a, a larger pocket on top with a small little kind of like label pocket on the bottom. Um, and I'm on their creative team. They're releasing another pocket variety in September. Um, so they have a good variety of those and you can do outside of the pocket, which I also like to do and just hole punch your cardstock and stick that right in there. Um, so it leads to a lot of great variety within the album itself. Um, and then I also do some scrapbooking in a fringe notebook, which is slightly bigger than six by eight, I believe maybe slightly smaller. Um, 
but I, I just like to do, they're a little bit different than typical pages. And, um, so it's a little bit more freeing, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Any, wait, I, can you tell me more about this particular format or notebook? I don't know anything about it. So, um, Andrea Gray, who's retro hip mama on mm-hmm. Instagram was the one who introduced me to it and she calls it on pocket pages and it's a, a bound notebook. It, it's not really spiral about bound, but it's, it has the rings like a spiral. Yeah. Um, and the format I have has four different sections in it with different paper. So one's a grid, one's lined, one is a dot grid and one is blank. And it's essentially kind of going back to like the early roots of scrapbooking and your scrapbooking in a notebook. So I've done grid style with um, pocket page cards. I can fit four three by four cards onto a page. I've done um, a large or enlarged uh, three by four card on one side with kind of like a six by eight size page on the other side that where I have my photo and things like that. Um, so it's just alternative scrapbooking maybe. Um, but those were, I've scrapbook a lot about myself in those albums and mm-hmm. in, in the French notebook album. Well, so we will include links in the show notes to examples as well as the foundation you're using. How do you, you and you, you started touching on this. How do you decide what stories go in what size or format? So my Project Life album, my 12 by 12 album is where I keep my Project Life pages and my 12 by 12 full size pages. And those are mostly family focused, um, focusing on our our day to day, our everyday moments and things like that. Um, I do have six by eight albums for each of my kids, but they don't. I don't work in them all the time. Those are more for like really big stories. Um, like my oldest does Girl Scouts. So maybe like a really big um, camping story or if she gets some sort of award and things like that, those will go in those in those albums because I don't want to overwhelm my kids with albums when they leave the house. Um, and then I have a lot of life crafted albums and that's where I document myself. So stories about me, stories about my memories. Um, like I was talking earlier about the ice cream story that goes in my life crafted album. Um, and I also have family life crafted albums. So those are everyday moments as well, but where I want to expand more on it than I would with journaling in my project life. So it might be, um, a full page of journaling with some, uh, you know, on one side with a fun page on the opposite side of the story. Um, and then the fringe notebook is all about me. It's only stories about me that go in there and they can be big or small. I just did a layout recently about, um, my summer style. So like the clothes I like to wear in the summer mm-hmm. and things like that. So just, you know, whatever kind of smaller stories come to mind. I think this is a beautiful example of how you don't have to pick just kind of one thing or even two things at the beginning of the year. You can kind of go as you are inspired. And just the most important thing is to keep telling stories, put them in albums so you could have save them for the future. But to just, you know, follow your 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 whim and your in- intuition because that's what's going to keep you motivated and excited to scrapbook. Absolutely. And the the, the variety of sizes 
really helps with the motivation because it's not like, oh, all right, well, I'm coming back to a 12 by 12 pocket page again today. If I'm not feeling it, I can do a page about myself in a smaller size. Mm -hmm. So it definitely helps feed the motivation. So in terms of your process, do you, what, like, what inspires you to, to create something new? Is it a particular photo, a story, a product? Could be any of those at any time. Um, so it really depends if I'm working on a product for a project for a creative team, Mm -hmm. it'll often be product driven and I'll look back at what photos I have that might fit. I try to look back at what photos I have that I haven't scrapbooked yet that might fit. Um, but sometimes a photo gets scrapbooked twice and that's fine with me. Um, but most often it starts with a story or a photo. And then I just, I go from there with the product that I have. Well, and I think that, you know, even if you're someone out there listening is not on a creative team, we all get excited about new products that arrive at our house, <laughs> whether you, yes. they were sent to you <laughs> or you purchased them. And I think it's, it's okay. It's awesome to be inspired by new stuff. If it gets you to create something new, just go with that. Um, you know, cause it could be the pattern the motif or the colors on that product that inspire you and give you the idea of where this page is going. Inspiration comes from everywhere. So don't ever feel like it's, it's wrong or, or less significant if a product inspires you to scrapbook something. Absolutely. And I feel like my motivation kind of ebbs and flows earlier this year. I was very into being inspired by product. And then I moved into, I want to tell my story a little bit more and it, you know, it changes. And Mm -hmm. especially now there's a lot of product lines I've seen coming out with, they're more um, vintagey feeling. There's a lot of like vintage farmhouse or vintage kitchen. And that brings back, even just looking at the product brings back stories. So the product is inspiring your story, which is inspiring your page. And I feel like it's all kind of it, it all kind of comes together in, in a beautiful way when you can be inspired from all different directions. Well, and it seems like over the years, and maybe it's just the older I get, the more I I appreciate the variety of styles we have in, in, in products. Because I think there was a long time where I was like, well, this is my style. I love this the most. I want it to be this, you know, clean, fresh, you know, just like take what citrus twist does and and put that through all my pages but then (laughs) the older I get the more I'm like I can appreciate like vintage things or you know what simple stories does with a they have a range of different designs and I don't know I I feel like I'm more open-minded as I get older I'm curious how you feel about products and how that has changed over time yeah I have a variety of products um, a variety of styles I just ordered, um, just got in, I'm staring at it right now. It's, uh, I think it's Vintage Farmhouse or Vintage Market maybe from Cartabella. Mm-hmm. And it's a departure from what I thought my style was. It's very florally, but it's what I'm drawn to. Yeah. I just, I will go when I'm going scrapping, I just look for what I'm drawn to. So I will have that, which is very florally, very flowery. And then we'll go and work with a Chamel's Never Grow Up line, mm-hmm. which is very different. The color scheme is very different. The feel of the line is very different. Um, 
but I, I mean, I just go with what, what speaks to me. And like you said, it's great that there's such a variety out there because it's, there's truly is something for everyone out there, no matter what your style is or what you would like to try and see if it fits your style. Well, I think there's also, there's something about, uh, the way that you scrapbook and, and my style is not exactly like yours, but I do appreciate a lot of white space, a lot of white cardstock. And I think that it's, to me, it's always much easier to bring in product that maybe is slightly out of your comfort zone. If you're bringing it together on kind of a very neutral canvas. Um, I have trouble personally scrapbooking on like colored cardstock because it just always feels heavy, I guess. But I can take any product and put it on white cardstock and love it. And so I think if you're struggling oh, with like you have some stuff and you're like, oh, I, I like this, but it doesn't quite fit. Try that white foundation. And I think it will it makes all the difference in terms of bringing it together, I guess. Does that make sense? It does. And it, it, I feel like it gives your eyes a place to rest, too. Yes. Whereas, like you said, the, the colored, even craft. When I was a digital scrapbooker, I don't think I ever did it on a white background. It was oh yeah, you were you were all definitely all craft all the time. <laughs> oh, I was all craft all the time. Um, but now I look at crafts and I'm like, ooh, I, I don't know if I can if I can do that. So our styles, I mean, they they definitely change. Yeah. Um, but that white card stack, yes, it just gives your eye somewhere to rest on the page. So if you're using large patterns or if you're using bright colors and it's feeling like it's it's not working for you throw it onto white cardstock. Or what I find works too, is if I'm in the middle of a project, I'll take a picture of it from above. Like I would, if I was shooting it for a gallery or Mm -hmm. for Instagram or something, and then I'll edit it on my phone. Like I would to put it online and see how the page looks. And sometimes just seeing it not right in front of me really helps, um, me see if the product's working or if I need to make changes. Oh, for sure. I, I definitely have a very different reaction to a photo of it than I do seeing it right in front of me. Sometimes it's better and like, oh, I need to make a change. And sometimes, or sorry, sometimes it's better. And I'm like, oh, that actually works. I like that. And then sometimes it's like, oh, I think I need to make a change here because here's something that I that's not working that I couldn't see when I was so close to it. So I definitely right. do that too. Yeah, it's a great trick. Let's shift gears into organization a little bit. So are there any solutions that you kind of recommend and rely on? Maybe we'll start with with photos. So I mentioned that I do project lifestyle scrapbooking and I use Apple products. So my computer is an Apple, um, it's a Mac and I have an iPhone. So on my phone, within my, my native photos app, I have folders for each week. So as I'm editing, I edit um, using Lightroom Mobile, and I will save it to my camera roll, and then I will delete the original because I don't need all that clutter, (laughs) and I will file it into the proper week. So I do my weeks Monday through Sunday, and that way I can go back when I'm planning my pages because I'm probably about a month, three weeks behind, which I don't like that word, but (laughs) it is what it is. Um, When I'm planning my pages, I can just open up that week on my phone or on my computer because I use iCloud Mm -hmm. and I can pick out which photos I want to use. Um, And that has helped tremendously. That's something I just started doing a couple months ago after I did a big clean out of my phone photos. um, and, And that has helped so much in terms of cutting down time when I'm planning pages or pulling 
photos to be printed. I started organizing my photos by week this year as well. And it's been, you know, I recommend everyone do, I would, in the past, I would have never recommended this, but now because we take so many photos, I don't care what type of scrapbooking you do, whether you do project life or anything weekly at all, organizing your photos by week gives you a smaller number of photos to look at, to make decisions about. It doesn't matter right, what, it, yes. what those decisions are, but we just all need to look at a smaller number of photos in order to not feel overwhelmed. And so I probably will never do anything different than do it by week because it's just, it makes it so much easier. It has been a game changer. Yeah, right. for sure. And so what about your supplies? It sounds like maybe you've been rebuilding your stash over time. I'm sure being on a creative team helps with that as well. You know, how do you keep them all corralled and so you can find what you need? Well, my husband recently got into woodworking. So I have, (laughs) I mentioned, yes, I mentioned I work at home. So I have a large home office. Um, And there was some space where we built a, it's a large workspace, um, cabinets, drawers, and it spans the length of one wall and then around the corner a little bit um, that he built for me. So it's about, it's countertop height. And I have a workspace so I can stand and work, which is how I prefer to to craft as standing. And my supplies are mostly in drawers in buckets. Mm. So um, I actually very recently went through all of my die cuts, except I went through my kit die die cuts. So the different kits that I subscribe to and receive, I went through those die cuts and I separated them out in the way that I look for them. So I know that there's certain shapes that I will seek out like stars or hearts, um, word art. I don't even know if that's the proper term for it. Um, label tags, tickets, things like that all got separated out into those categories. And then what was left, I separated out by color because that would be how I would look for it. That has been incredibly helpful, and it's only been about two weeks. Um, but I tried to keep things together. So when I have my, I guess you'll call them traditional scrapbooking supplies, so supplies that are meant for full-size pages, those I keep separated by brand mm-hmm. and then by line. So because when I'm working with them, I tend to work either within the same brand or within the same line. So really organizing the way that you scrapbook. So it might take some time to do some, make some tweaks. Um, but I just tried to think of how am I looking for supplies when I'm scrapbooking? What do I tend to do with my projects in terms of mixing and matching and things like that? And then organize my supplies accordingly. I love this die cut approach that you have because you didn't just choose one method. You choose, you chose two. Um, I've definitely like been, searching more by color than ever I had in the past, but I don't have anything organized by color. And I think it's okay to say, okay, my, my approach, the way I think about things has evolved. So that means I get to reorganize and do it a little bit differently. There's no one right way or even one permanent way for you because the way you scrapbook will evolve. Absolutely. And I, I wait, you know, I get my, my monthly kits in and I'll work with them for about two months before I separate them out. So they kind of stay in their packaging and I try to get, you know, three, four pages out of them. And then I will separate them out like that. Um, 
it, it just was so more so freeing to not have bags of die cuts. And I'm going, I was going through them saying, Oh my gosh, I forgot I had this. And, oh, this would be great on a project. <laughs> and it just, it, it reminds you of things that kind of get tucked toward the back as you get new product. But if they're separated out into smaller piles, it's easier to find things that you might've forgotten about otherwise. For sure. You said the word buckets. Are these literal buckets? Like are they, what size are they? Are they just, yeah. I have, <laughs> So they're, they're like small bowls. I guess it would be like you might make um, creme brulee in them or um, you might put like some salsa or dips in they're I mean, they're, they're ceramic bowls that so I like ordered. they're like ramekin size. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. And I have them in two different sizes um, that I just kind of mix and match for vi- visual interest on my part. Um, and then I have a couple kind of larger bowls where I will put, like I mentioned, I pulled aside some product for projects that I was working on and that will kind of, those are temporary homes. I'm yeah, I'm getting a lot of inspiration here of how I might want to reorganize my die cuts into a drawer with like little sections somehow. I subscribed to the uh, birch box kit for a while and I saved all those little boxes and they make wonderful little drawer dividers. (laughs) Oh, that yes, that's perfect. So I'm just thinking of all these different ways that I could rearrange because I I use this little like embroidery floss binder, but it's totally full, and so I either need to buy another binder, declutter some die cuts, or maybe evolve my approach so that I can find things because I'm really intrigued by the like sorting by stars and hearts or word art because I definitely think about that first. So yeah, I'm getting lots of ideas here myself. So I hope our listeners are as well. I hope so. I, hope, I really need to do a little uh, IGTV walkthrough video of how I've done some of my organization so it, it can live on my Instagram Yeah, because I get asked the question a lot. So maybe I will make a point to do that in the coming days. Cool. Yeah, definitely let me know if you do and we can include the link in the show notes as well. Okay. Yes, I will. So in terms of your ideas for the future, you mentioned a little note-taking that you do when you're working on a project. Do you do anything to store like future ideas or do you not do anything? I, I don't, and I wish I did. I need to be better about it, mm-hmm. uh, especially because I'm finding myself in this season of life with slightly less time to scrapbook regularly uh, or, you know, for only small pockets during the day. Um, so I do need to get better about even just jotting in the notes app on my phone. Um, like I do during December daily, um, in terms of project inspiration, I'm pretty good about bookmarking on Pinterest and Instagram, but in terms of keeping track of my stories, I'm not so great at that. And that is definitely an area that I would like to improve. Well, I think it's, yeah, we all are wanting to grow over time and there's so many different uh, ideas for storing ideas these days. And so you might need some experimentation to figure out the best way that's going to work for you as well. So the more that you, you know, life shifts and you feel like you need, I know that I'm, I'm just, the older I get, the more things I'm forgetting. And I'm like, I need to write that down because I can't hold it in my head anymore. So Yes, I, I said far too many reminders and alarms on my phone <laughs> for my comfort level right now. But, um, and at this point too, with my projects, I'm only 
about maybe a month or two out. So mm-hmm. remembering isn't quite as hard, yeah. but then I will put the project together and say, Oh yeah, you know, this happened during that week and I forgot to mention it. So, you know, even taking a couple minutes every night and just kind of jotting down what happened or sometimes what I'll also do is go back through my Instagram stories because I tend to share photos with short bits of journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll go back to my Instagram stories and see what I had said about that photo to kind of jog my, my memory in, in terms of the story I want to tell. Very cool. I think that's, we all are, well, let's say not, um, many of us are posting on social media in one way or another. And that can also often be a gold mine for just to jog your memory or even, you know, actual little snippets of journaling or even the comments that people share, or maybe the contribution that your spouse made when they like added on with a longer comment of what happened. So it's always fun to go back and, and mind that, particularly if maybe you've forgotten stuff. So maybe even for your, your lost years. And I know that I did that for, my daughter's first year because my husband would post these things and I was in this little haze of, of being a new mom and I didn't keep as memory, many memories as I would like, but my dad, my dad, my husband was more seasoned <laughs> in doing that. And he shared so many memories that I was able to then use for my scrapbooks. Absolutely. I'm just glad that I was scrapbooking when my, my two oldest are 22 months apart. And I'm so glad I scrapbooked when they were younger because I don't remember that time. I bet. Yeah. Like you said, it's just a haze. Mm -hmm. It it absolutely is just a haze. And even as they grow older and they're busy and, you know, you're all over the place or they're all over the place and it, it definitely, things can fall out of our memory so easily if we don't keep track of it somehow. So with that said, what do you think is the biggest lesson learned from your scrapbooking experience so far? I I think my biggest thing would be not being afraid to try and not being afraid to fail. Mm. So it kind of goes back to like we said earlier, maybe you're thinking, oh, next year I'm going to do one traveler's notebook a month. And that's to me the only way that I'm going to document. And then you get through February and you're thinking, I really don't like this size it just knowing that it's okay to try things. It's okay to try new things. And, you know, you might be out a little bit of money, but it's also okay to fail and it's okay to put that aside and move on to something else. And, and doing that, you know, I mentioned how many times I've changed the way I scrapbook from paper to digital to hybrid and in the formats that I've tried and that I do and, and, and just doing whatever will spark your creativity and, keep you interested and keep you motivated and wanting to come back to the habit. Mm, I love that. When I think one thing I've discovered over the years and maybe you have as well is that no matter what you try, most of it will end up fitting in a 12 by 12 album. Even those traveler's notebooks, you can put them in a pocket in the back. Um, you can kind of get anything into a 12 by 12 album in the end, even if you dabble in different things over the course of a year, um, there's always a home for it somewhere. Right, Exactly. All right, Shannon, thank you so much. Can you share where we can find you online? Anything new or exciting that you have coming up personally? Sure. So I'm on Instagram at Shannon Domkowski. So I'll let you share the link for last name spelling sure. <laughs> um, in the show notes. And I also earlier this month released my first class at Big Picture Classes. And I'm talking about pocket page scrapbooking and the different ways that you can take 
the cards and the different pieces that you get in scrapbooking kits and use them to make your pages unique to you. Oh, um, so it. that was a, a fun class to create. And I talk about um, also using digital or sorry, not digital, traditional scrapbooking supplies in your pocket pages, which is an, I love buying traditional 12 by 12 um, supplies and using them to put together pocket pages in unexpected ways. Oh, I'm sure that'll be an awesome class. We'll include the link to that as well. Thank you again for spending time with me. And thank you to all of our audience for listening. I hope you remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way.